Welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you'd like to come check us out in person, we meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Winchester Trail Elementary School on 6865 Gender Road in Canal Winchester, Ohio. Please enjoy this message from Pastor Buddy. I was excited for a couple reasons to get here today. One, I heard that this was a church that loved the Bible and loved Jesus. Am I in the right place today? And uh, my wife and I, we, we share the same feelings. We uh, love your pastor. Um, we love Shelly. We just love their, their heart. So can we just go ahead and take one second and honor your senior pastor, buddy, and give it up for him today? As Buddy mentioned, I do love the job that I have. I am the, the pastor at 1049, the river here in central Ohio. And it's always an honor when I get a chance to go and speak and teach at, at different churches. So I, I appreciate you guys having me here today. But I want to dive into something that's, that's been on my heart. And I want to go ahead and start off today with a question. By a show of hands, how many of you at some point in your life, you've been dissatisfied with your behavior? You've said something you didn't wish you say. You, you, you did something you didn't. I think we all can relate to that. Maybe you find yourself impatient with people, getting frustrated with people, and then we're thinking, why did that happen? Why did I act that way? And I've got a story to share with you just briefly. Um, I still get the privilege of driving my kids to school. Now, it took me, come on, parents, a while to understand that that's a privilege, why I still have them. But it was one particular morning where uh, my son and my daughter, they're one's in the back seat, one's in the front, and they're arguing and they're going at it with each other. So I thought, what a great time for dad to bring some Jesus into the situation, to impart some wisdom and just tell them how important it is to keep your voice down, how important it is to respect each other. So I thought that I did a pretty good job for about five minutes until they started going at it again. And then the next thing I know, I'm yelling at them doing the exact same thing I told them not to do. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So, you know, we do that from time to time. And then we, we make statements like, you know, we get down on ourselves and say, I need to try harder. I need to get better. Some people say, I need to turn over a new leaf and get in church. Come on, somebody. That might not be all that bad of a thing. And sometimes I find people even make the statement, sometimes I need to be more religious. And here's the first thought I want to share with you today. If you're a note taker, you're going to want to write this down. Religious behavior may make you nice, but only Jesus can make you new. Religious behavior, good behavior, it might make you nice. It might make you in a good position for a little while, but only Jesus can make you new. And I want to take a second and look at that word new because I believe it carries a lot of significance with it. we got a definition I'm going to throw up on the screen. The definition of new is not existing before, made, introduced, or discovered recently. Not existing before, introduced, made, or discovered recently. Recently, and, and so when I hear that word, I get excited because it reminds me of what Jesus Christ can do for anybody. It reminds me of what Jesus did for me. So I want to share a short story in, in the Bible with you today that, that has made my life new, that has significantly impacted my life. And my prayer is that this story, what we're going to talk about today, is going to impact you in an incredible, incredible way. I believe that God is going to speak to each and every person that's in this place. Can I have a good amen? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 8 is where we're going to hang out for a few minutes. Matthew chapter 8. The Bible says this, Then he, Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, so the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus 
was sleeping. Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. If you're taking notes, today's message is titled, New Beginning in Christ. New Beginning in Christ. Will you bow your head? Father, we just go to you this morning. God, it's so awesome that we can just wake up to this incredible day that you've blessed us with, that, that we're not under persecution, that we've got the freedom to come and worship. We've got the freedom to come together and gather and hear the great message that you give us in your son. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this church. I, I thank you for what you're doing in, in the pastors of this church. God, I believe today is going to be a day like none other, that whoever is here is meant to be here, that you have a word for them. God, I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what it is that you're doing. And I just thank you right now in advance for the great things that you're going to do today. We ask you this in the name of Jesus and everybody said, amen and amen. You know, as I've been preparing for this week and thinking of new things, how many people like new things? Come on, ladies, who likes going shopping, getting some shoes? Do I have any guys that like to get new things? Fishing, hunting, whatever, whatever it is. But when I'm thinking of new things, in the Welshheimer household, we tried something new this year at the beginning of the year. I got rid of cable. Come on, somebody. Cable's expensive. Are you with me? And if you're here from the cable company, we love you. We're glad that you're here. But come on, the cable can be expensive. And all God's kids said... Amen. But in the Welshheimer household, we don't watch a whole lot of television. I mean, we, we watch like HGTV. We watch Food Network. We watch the ESPN, the sports channels. But there were two shows that I was a huge fan of before we switched everything around. The first show, and I don't know if you've heard of it, has anybody seen Mountain Men? Anybody here seen Mountain Men? I think these guys are incredible, and, and, and it never fails at least once a month when Kelly and I would watch Mountain Men. I'm sitting in the comfort of my chair. I'm eating some snacks, I'm eating some pizza, whatever it is. It might be cold outside and I'm, I'm bundled up. And I look at my wife at least once a month back in the day. And I look at her and I get this look in my eye. I say, babe, I think I could be a mountain man. <laughs> now look at me, man. I'm 5'7". I mean, these guys are crazy. I'd look at her and she would just roll her eyes because, see, you don't know me very well, but I am the last person that could ever be a mountain man. We'd be dead in days. I can't hunt, I can't cook, I can't even change the oil in a car, somebody. But I would look at her and she would just lovingly just roll her eyes and go back to doing what she was doing. But the other show that I'm a big fan of is Deadliest Catch. Has anybody seen Deadliest Catch out there? I think those guys are crazy. I love boating, I love the water, I love fishing. So naturally when I see this show, I just think it's incredible. But the boats these guys can be on, they can be anywhere from 40 to 200 feet. The waves can be in excess of 60 feet. Those are some big waves. And in my life, I, even though I love fishing and I'm not good at it, there's only two times that I've been in the water and I've been out fishing of any significance. One, my wife and I used to live in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. That's where God called us back here and we're praying for the people of Florida. We're praying for Jacksonville. We have a lot of people that, that live there. But I have been out in the ocean fishing. The other places, every year we go to Canada and we go out and we go fishing on a lake, it's a little more secluded, so you might get some white caps, but you get nothing that you get out in the ocean because the ocean can be dramatic. Where lakes, sometimes not so much. But here's something I learned when it comes to oceans, when it comes to lakes, when it comes to water, and it's the first point I want to make today. Number one, it matters what boat you get in. 
It matters what boat you get in. In Matthew 8, 23, the Bible said Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Did you catch that? I think there's so much significance in that little small piece of scripture because I'm sure that these disciples had options, right? I'm sure that they could have gone back home and got a bite to eat. They could have gone home and maybe took a nap. They could have maybe gotten someone else's boat. They could have done a lot of other things, but the Bible says Jesus got in the boat. Don't miss this. And his disciples followed him. They followed him. It matters what boat you get into. The most important decision I ever made in my life was getting in the boat with Jesus. I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life. I'm going to make some probably today, and I'm probably going to make some tomorrow. But the most important decision that I ever made in my life was getting in the boat with Jesus. And here's something else I learned about getting in the boat with Jesus. Check this out. It's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. It's not just a one-time thing. It's just not a Sunday thing. Come on, it's not a Christmas thing. It's a daily thing. Every day, you need to make a decision on what boat you're going to get into. Hey, young people, when it comes to being sexually pure, when it comes to to being sober, what boat are you going to get into? Dads, husbands, are you going to love your wife like Christ loved the church? Are you going to lead your family the way God's called you to lead them? What boat? Are you going to get into? Ladies, are you going to support your husband and believe them to be the leader God's going to make them? Are you staying off that gossip train when all other women are talking smack about their husbands? What boat are you going to get into? Single moms. Single moms, man, I know that you're working two to three jobs out there, busting your hump for your kids, regardless of the cards that were dealt your way. But are you showing your kids There there is something greater that they can put their faith and their hope and their trust in. When all hell is stacked against you, what boat are you going to get into? Parents, are you modeling for your kids the importance of who they hang around with? Who they spend their time with? Are you hanging out with the right kind of people? Because the Bible is pretty clear when it comes to who we hang around. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 15.33. The Bible says, do not be misled. Read this with me, church. Bad company corrupts good character. Let's say that again. Bad company corrupts good character. One more time. It matters who you hang with. It matters whose boat you get into. You've maybe heard this said before. You show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It matters. It matters what boat you get into. Second thought today, and this may be what someone just came to hear in this place. Listen, you matter to God. You matter to God. I hope you hear that. I I pray that you receive that because somebody in this place, that's the only thing you came to hear today. You don't feel like you're worth a whole lot. You think everything's stacked up against you. You put on that plastic face when you showed up today, but listen to me and look in my eyes. You matter to God. And I think it's so important that we understand that because for me personally, this was the most challenging thing for me in my life. That I really could matter to God. I mean, all my past mistakes, all the stupid I've done in my life. You know, the question I had is, could I really matter to God? I mean, really? Could I really matter with everything that I've done? Because see, growing up as a young man, I had real questions that I needed answered. And I was blessed that I went to a church, but unfortunately, I didn't find the answers that I was seeking. And I don't know about your upbringing. I don't know about your denomination. I don't know what church you grew up in. But for me, church was confusing. 
It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. The only thing I knew about money was the pastor stood up on stage and passed the bucket and said, give or go to hell. That's kind of all I knew. I was scared to death, man. I had to read a certain type of Bible. I had to dress a certain way. I had to talk a certain way. I had to claim to be this type of denomination I didn't even understand. They didn't even understand. But what I found was this, and I hope you hear me today. What I found was religion. Or let me say it this way. What I found was man's way to God. But when I learned something a little bit different in life about Jesus, that's not why Jesus came to earth, somebody. Jesus didn't come for religion. Jesus didn't come to build a country club. Jesus didn't come to build a denomination. No, Jesus Christ came and rose from the dead and was crucified on a cross so that you could have relationship with the Father. It's about relationship, man. Don't be confused. God loves you. God cares about you. God is crazy about God, the Bible says, knows every hair on your head. And all my bald friends out there, he knows every hair that used to be on your head. He knows it all, man. He knew you, the Bible says, before you were formed in your mother's womb. And the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of saviors, he loves you and he wants to have relationship with you. You matter to God. Man, that's good news. That's good news. So Jesus gets in the boat. The disciples follow him. And then in verse 24, the Bible says, Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake. So that the waves swept over the boat. Check this out. But Jesus was sleeping. Just let that sink in a minute. Jesus was sleeping. Let me ask you. Do you ever feel like Jesus is sleeping in your life? Do you ever feel like you're all alone and he's not there? Do you ever feel like you pray but you're not seeing any kind of result from your prayers? Or, or you're seeking God for these things in your life. But it doesn't seem... Like anything's happening. Because the disciples were in this big storm, man. They're freaking out. But the Bible says that Jesus, he was sleeping. Jesus must have been a sound sleeper. Right? Jesus must have been pretty tired. You know, speaking of sound sleeping, do I have any sound sleepers in the house today? Anybody? Dude, I am a sound sleeper. I got to have some fan noise, some white noise. Otherwise, if a mouse is creeping across the floor... The boy's waking up. I mean, that's just the way it is. I don't sleep real well. But there's something that my family kind of makes fun of me for. And I do something that they've labeled now the walk. It's called the walk. So every night I get up at least once or twice. And I walk around the house. And I look out all the windows to make everything's cool. I unlock the doors and I lock them again. I want to double lock them to make sure they're really locked. I know there's someone else out here that does that. But I walk all over the place. I make sure the cars are okay. And then I walk in my kids' rooms. And I just want to make sure that my kids are breathing. And I pray for them. I, told, I, I pray that my daughter's going to grow up to be a woman of God. I pray for my son. But I do that every night. It's called the walk. It's called the walk. But this was years ago. Before my daughter was born. And my son, he, he hadn't gone out of the crib yet. He hadn't been AWOL, right? He was still confined to the crib. And I got up one night and I was doing, doing the walk thing and I checked everything. And then I got back to, to Nick's room and Nick wasn't in his crib. Now, I don't know if you've ever 
lost anything of significance or you've ever been at the mall and your kid took off or whatever, but I had the sickest feeling in my stomach when I couldn't find my son. There wasn't anything on earth that was going to keep me from finding him. I was turning on the lights. I was screaming in the house because my son wasn't in his crib. His mom didn't get him out of his crib. I was panicking. I was, I was freaking out. And one last loop around the house before I was fixing to dial 911. And Nick was standing in his crib looking at me. And I went in with tears in my eyes. And I put him back in his crib and I turned off the lights. And I'm like, sorry, buddy, I didn't mean to wake you. Because what he had done is he had manipulated his body in the corner of the crib with a blanket around him so that I just couldn't see him in there. But the feeling I had at that moment. God has reminded me of that time and time and time again. My son's 15, and he still reminds me of it. He still puts it on my mind because he said, I never want you to forget that night that you couldn't find your son. I never want you to forget how you felt and how, how desperate you were to find him because that's how I feel about every one of my children who hasn't come home. Because you matter to God. God loves you so much, and I pray with everything in me. You grab a hold of that today. You know, there's a great story that Jesus shares in Matthew 18, 12 that captures the heart of the Father, and you're going to see what I'm talking about. Jesus said, if a man had a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? Everybody say the one. Look at your neighbor say, he's talking to you. Listen, it's all about the one. It's all about the one. God loves you and God is crazy about you no matter where you've been, no matter how many mistakes you think you've made, no matter how much you think you've messed up. Listen, with Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, you can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start. God just wants you home where you belong. Can I have a good amen today? So listen, it matters what boat you get in. And you matter to God. And then here's my third point in this simple little message. It matters if you're all in. It matters if you're all in. The Bible showed us that Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. And then there was a big storm. <laughs> I just wonder if you walked in here today and you've got a big storm going on in your life. You have a storm in your marriage that nobody knows about. You've got a storm in your finances. You've got a storm with your relationships, with parents, with a child, with a health issue. Maybe your storm is you've got an addiction that you're dealing with. You haven't gone public. You've tried to hide it, and it's just wreaking havoc on your life. But see, here's the thing about storms, and I hope you hear me on this. Whether you decide to follow Jesus or you don't decide to follow him, whether you're walking with the Lord or not walking with the Lord, you are going to have storms in your life. They're going to be there regardless. I think this is such a false teaching in the body of Christ and the church today that if I give my life to Jesus, everything's going to be happy and clappy. I'm not going to have any problems ever. It's going to be a sunshiny day. My kids are going to walk down the stairs singing the great I am every morning. But that's just not true. Jesus says in John 16, in this world, you're going to have trouble. In this world, you're going to have storms. In this world, people are going to cut you off on 270 when you're driving to work. In this world, your kids are going to act up. In this world, your spouse is going to act crazy. But look what Jesus said later in that scripture. But take heart. I've overcome the world. 
That's got to be good news to somebody. That Jesus is an overcomer. That Jesus has overcome death. That Jesus has overcome the grave. Look, no matter what you're dealing with in your life, Jesus overcomes, man. He's an overcomer. He's an overcomer. Jesus overcomes. So they wake up Jesus. They're flipping out, and then Jesus gets up. He rebukes the wind, the waves, and it was completely calm. So Jesus brings the calm. Jesus brings the peace. You know, if we're sitting down and having a one-on-one today, and I ask you, do you want some calm in your life? Do you want some peace in your life? Most of you would say, yeah, pastor, I want some peace. I, wa- I want some calm. We most, most of us would agree we want that in our life, but there's got to be some type of a disconnect. Because if Jesus says he's going to bring those things, when we're all in with him, and see, that's the key, church. you got to be all in with Jesus. you got to be all in with him. Jesus will give us those things because too often people come to church, they get fired up, they're going to make changes, I'm going to get in the boat, they're all excited, but then guess what? Here comes Monday, here's a storm. Here comes Tuesday, here's a storm. Little Timmy, my kid, he's jacked up, man, he's on drugs, he's got these problems, here's a storm. Here's a storm, we're hit with these storms of life. And then what do we try to do? Then we like to play the straddle game. I got one foot with Jesus, and I got one foot in the world. I'm one way in the church, and I'm the other way with my friends. I got one foot with Jesus. I got one foot with that past relationship that I need to say goodbye to. I got one foot with Jesus. I got one foot with Jesus. And then we wonder why. Why is my marriage a mess? Why is my life in disarray? Why can't I seem to get on track? Why doesn't my Sunday carry over to Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? Why do I feel so restless in my life? Listen, man, you got to be all in with Jesus. Let me just say it this way. There is no part-time Jesus. It's all or none. There's no part-time Jesus. You know, I want to finish up today with a story about a young man and Everybody sitting here, we can probably think back to growing up and how we had maybe some, some guys, if we're a guy that we hung out with, maybe girls, you had girls that you hung out with growing up. And I had this group of friends and wasn't much different. I mean, everybody was, was pretty normal. I mean, I was always odd, but pretty normal. I mean, we played sports. We went to church. Parents weren't really divorced back then. Most kids had siblings. Most kids went out and played sports all the time and And then one day, the guy in our group, he ran into a storm when he was in high school. And that storm was him walking down the stairs his sophomore year of high school and witnessing one of his parents having an affair with the other parent's best friend. This young man was just sent into a a whirlwind, which propelled him to go into a lifetime of bad decisions. He started drinking a lot in high school. And then when he finished high school, he was fortunate because his dad was able to afford for him to go to college. But his decision wasn't, do I go to college or don't I go to college? His decision was, do I go to college or do I be a drug dealer? He went ahead and he went to college, but he started making more bad decisions. He decided he was going to be in 
the most popular fraternity on campus. So he was a pledge president. He was the president of his, of his class and everything. Now he's not just doing drinking, but he's also doing marijuana. He's also doing cocaine. Because he has this God-sized hole in his heart. And there wasn't a fix for it. So he finished school and he went to the business world. He started making a lot of money, which making a lot of money is not a good thing for someone that's got an alcohol and a drug problem. So the problem just continued. So he did the next thing. He said, you know, I'll get married because that will solve all my problems. Come on, married people. <laughs> Marriage will solve all my problems. But no, he didn't have a relationship. He was still, he was trying to fill in the brokenness of his heart because he had no confidence in the church. He had no confidence in people not letting him down. So this just continued on for this, this young man. He ended up having kids. He ended up continuing to make money, but that didn't stop. And he ended up one night having an affair. He had an affair. He ended up leaving his wife. He ended up leaving his kids. In fact, he went out and got drunk one night and hit a car over 100 mile an hour on the highway. And he should be dead today. But after all of that, after all those mistakes, then one day I made a decision and got down on my knee. And I said, God, if you're real, if you're the God that I read about in the Bible when I was a little kid, I need you, Jesus, because I don't have anything left, man. I don't have anything left. And I made a decision to be all in and give my life to Jesus. And Jesus made my life new. He took a nobody who tried everything the world says that's going to make you happy. But Jesus was the only thing that would satisfy. Let me ask you, do you want new in your life today? Because that's why Jesus came to earth. To seek and save those that are lost. Those that don't have a relationship with him. Because see, God had this master plan. And it was a beautiful plan. But man messed it up. And it's not just man. All men make mistakes. Everyone's sinned and fallen short of God's glory according to the Bible. But Jesus came to earth and bridged that gap. So that by faith in him we could be reconciled to the Father. And if you want that new in your life, then as it says in the book of Joshua, then you have to choose this day who you're going to serve. Or let me put it this way. you got to choose this day what boat you're going to get into. Because your choice of not getting in the boat with Jesus, that's your choice. You're making a choice either way. Because it matters what boat you get into. And I pray that you remember it matters if you're all in. Most importantly, you matter to God. It's the best life possible. It's the most fulfilling life possible. Doesn't mean there's not going to be problems. Doesn't mean there's not going to be storms. But don't miss the point of the story that we looked out earlier. Listen, Jesus never left that boat, did he? He was always there the whole time. And here's what happens when you become new in Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says, anyone, everybody say anyone. Anyone who belongs to Jesus has become a new person. The old is gone. And the new, a new life has begun. Will you make that decision today? 
Will you be all in with Jesus today? Will you get in the boat with him? Will you bow your heads with me, please? Father, I thank you for this day that you've given us. I just pray for the next few minutes you could tune out any distraction going on in your life. And just tune in to hear the word of God because I believe that everyone under the sound of my voice, God has a word and a message for you. He's not disappointed with you. He's not angry with you. He just wants you all in and he wants you home in his house. And I believe there's two type of people that are sitting here today. There's people that you've never had a relationship with Jesus. Whatever took you down the path that you've been in, you've never made that decision to be all in with him. Maybe you got hurt by another church. Maybe you tried this or you tried that. But you're here today and I'm telling you, the God that created the heavens and the earth, you matter to him and he wants relationship with you. And then there's people that you've made that decision for Jesus. But somewhere down the road, you've gotten off track. You've gotten off the path and the plan that he has for you. You've gone back and tried some things in your own strength, in your own resolve. So whether you've never accepted Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior, or today you would say, Pastor, I need to recommit my life to him. Would you put a hand up and say, yeah, that's me. Right where you're at. Thank you for those hands. Just put them high. Yes, I need to. Yes, thank you. I see those hands. I need to give my life to Jesus today. I'm going to be all in with him. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. If you raised your hand or you're making that decision, I want you to say this prayer with me today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for the gift of Jesus that you sent to walk this earth. The Jesus that lived a perfect, sinless life that I could never live. He lived that life for me. And I thank you, God, that Jesus died on the cross. He took all my sins, all my mistakes, past, present, and future, and they were nailed to the cross once and for all time. God, I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. I thank you today for the free gift. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for new beginnings. And I thank you for new life in Jesus Christ. And everybody said.